Grow Your Life, a podcast with stories and systems to live better and work smarter. Welcome. I'm Jason Scott Montoya. I'm here with a friend and a leader from my church, Duff Tucker. Welcome, Duff. Thanks, Jason. Thanks for uh, having me. Uh, it's a pleasure to be here. Yeah, yeah. I'm glad you're here. I'm happy to interview you as part of this series of inspirational people. Um, we originally got connected um, what uh, was it November October of last year or so um, uh, part of a, what's called a leadership development group uh, Duff is a co-leader in in the group that I'm participating in through our church at Gwinnett uh, Gwinnett Church um, led by uh, Jeff Henderson and, and at the head uh, Andy Stanley so um, thank you for for joining me tell me about yourself uh, your story what you do what you're doing how you're doing it sure <laughs> so, uh, well, originally, I am a, I'm a Mainer, or a maniac, I'm from <laughs> Maine. Which uh, part? <laughs> you know, I, I always tell people there are, there are um, two clans in Maine. So I'm from northern Maine. You're going to hear a Canadian accent in my accent <laughs> a little bit. I grew up uh, 30 minutes from Canada. Uh. I always tell people there are two clans in Maine. There are fishermen, or lobstermen, and lumberjacks. So... <laughs> Oh, your, lump, your lobstermen, you know, live on the coast, obviously, and their families and generations of fishermen. Yeah. And uh, lumberjacks uh, live inland, and uh, they work at paper mills. They cut wood, and uh, I, that's what I, I grew up in a mill town. Yeah. Um, where just about everybody's dad worked at the mill, or they worked in the woods. My grandfather worked at, at a mill. My uncle worked at a mill. My dad actually worked for the telephone company. But, okay. But that, that's kind of how it was. Everybody knew everyone, 50 yeah. kids in my graduating class. Okay. Um, yeah. And so I, I grew up there. I lived most, <clears throat> probably till about 36, 37, I lived in Maine. Okay. And uh, um, I worked in a family business. Um, um, my, uh, and then as my kids got a little bit older, I, I met this guy through Little League. Um, our okay. kids were the same age playing baseball. And he... Uh, I kept running into him and we, and we got along pretty well. And then, so one day he said, Hey, come over to my office. I want to talk to you. And so what I found out is he was like a vice president for this big corporation based in California. Oh, okay. He traveled so much. It didn't matter where he lived and his yeah. wife remained. So, so they were there and he's like, I, I don't know if you know what I do, but here's what I do. I work with brands to put their gift cards in. <laughs> and I think you'd be good at it. You should quit working for your dad and come work for me. And yeah. So, so uh, I talked to my dad. Uh, he said, hey, try it. You can always come back to work. Yeah. How, how old were you at the time? Uh, let's see. That was probably 2007. So um, I was probably 34. Okay. Yep. Yeah. Yep. So um, so I, uh, I, I went to work for him and, and really got involved in, in, a, in, a, in a corporate culture of business to business where I was, I was coaching and consulting lots of uh, businesses and brands on sales, on marketing, um, yeah. on placement, that sort of thing. And I really fell in love with um, that form of business of being behind the scenes and really coming alongside a business and understanding their passion, their purpose. Yeah. And I could focus on the details. Yeah. Behind, behind How do I make that happen? Essentially. So that they could focus on the passion. Right. Yeah. And so yeah. I really fell in love with that idea of, uh, of doing that. Um, of course, uh, I'm, I'm married, I'm a father. Um, and for me, um, understanding God, understanding, uh, uh, fatherhood and unconditional love, uh, yeah. really didn't click until I became a father myself. And yeah. you have this little human being that, that <laughs> 
as big as a football that's totally dependent on you and you couldn't love anything anymore. Yeah. And so um, I think that that really uh, impacted me as well as far as um, driving a desire to lead and, uh, and, and wanting to ha have influence and have an impact on people. So um, professionally, I love the idea of coaching and, and pouring into people. Uh, yeah. Personally, I love the idea of having an impact on my family and the people I lead. Yeah. Um, so I, I continue to develop that um, over my life. And uh, uh, I was really fortunate that growing up, I had multiple generations pouring into me. I had a grandfather, I had a father mm -hmm. and uncles uh, really pouring into me for identity and, and kind of what everything was. Um, as a man, and I thought that was pretty common. And yeah. as I became an adult, <laughs> I realized that um, I really, that I wasn't the norm. That was, mm -hmm. it's, it's, sadly, it's abnormal to have multiple generations pouring into you. Um, yeah. And yeah. so, so that kind of drove, that drove me as well, in, 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 as far as um, wanting to take what, what was a gift for me and really um, pour into others that maybe didn't have that opportunity. Yeah. To, to carry that legacy yeah. forward. Yeah. Yep. So, um, I, I went through, I went through a divorce 2015. Um, that was a real big blow to my identity because my identity was in being somebody's husband. My identity mm -hmm. was, uh, in being a father. And so there were a couple things going in that season. And, yeah. um, one was, I was no longer anybody's husband. And yeah. the second thing were my sons were getting older. Mm. And um, they were young men. So, so my identity as their dad was changing. Mm -hmm. um, they didn't need me in the same ways. They still needed me, but not, not like a small child needs. Yeah. Um, so going through all that, I, I got invited to participate in, in leader development group um, through, through, it was through North Point, which is an affiliate church of Gwinnett. Yeah. And so I went through that and it, and it kind of really put things in perspective for me and, and got me back on track. Um, with having an identity in God and, and then yeah. getting filled through there so I could pour into others. Um, it had such an impact that when I had the opportunity to co-lead and be involved in it, um, I jumped at it. Yeah. So, yeah. And that's how we got connected. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, exactly. And so from that to a couple of things that I'm dabbling in, um, I launched a podcast this year, um, yeah. I called the podcast winning at manhood. Yeah. And it's really, um, the, the purpose of the podcast is really discussion starters for, for men's groups. It's a very short podcast, seven, eight minutes. Yeah. And it produces an idea. Yeah. I share my thoughts. It's like a monologue. Mm -hmm. I share my thoughts about it and eight minutes it's over. And then it can kind of open that discussion with other guys. Yeah. So. Awesome. Well, so let's kind of shift to talking about, you know, on my blog and, and the content that I create, it's, it's, it's around this idea of, of what does it mean to live better? What does it mean to work smarter? You know, what does that mean to you? Is that something you strive for? Why? How do you go about it? Let's dive yeah. into that. Yeah, that's a great question. So uh, for me, one, one word really comes to mind when I think about living better and working smarter, and uh, that word is balance. So <laughs> I think... Um, maintaining a healthy balance in all aspects of life right so like work family health um, yeah. spiritually um and personal growth too or learning so yeah. so what what is net what is out of balance in your mind what does that look like okay so out of balance is um that's a great question so out of balance for me is is when 
too much focus gets put on one one area, um, mm-hmm. whether that be, and it happens, right? So you're constantly you're constantly uh, maintaining that struggle because work can get crazy. Yeah, maybe you have big reports or projects that are coming due, and so so instead of shutting off your computer at, at five thirty, you're, you're finding yourself shutting you know shutting down at yeah. six, having dinner, and then getting back on at eight and work until eleven. Yeah. Um, so that that's that's out of balance. Uh, yeah. And what's what's wrong with that? What if someone's doing that and they're like, what, what, hey, I don't see a problem with this. What's, what's well, your response I, to them? I don't think it's sustainable long-term, mm-hmm. right? So yeah. I, I think you have to be realistic because there are seasons when when you have to shift balance. But if you're if you're pouring if you're pouring 80% of you into work, yeah. you only lose 20% of you left for your health, for your family, for for mm-hmm. you spiritually. And um, also, I, I always tend to think about this this idea of when you're pouring into others, yeah, uh, you're like a pitcher, right? Mm-hmm. And so if you're pouring, pouring, pouring all the time, and you're not taking time to refill that pitcher, yeah, eventually you're pouring emptiness into other other people. And yeah. so, so that's where it gets unhealthy. Now, there's always going to be a season when something's going to take uh, precedence. You know, I, yeah. I, I think of our friend Benji. Um, and, and the struggle he went through with his family last year, and he lost a daughter to to leukemia. Yeah, uh, you know his life his life was out of balance because his whole focus was on his yeah. family at that time, and it had to be. Mm-hmm. It had to be. But now you see him doing the work. Yeah. So so let's kind of dive in into that idea a little bit more. As we're in the middle of this sort of worldwide crisis with this pandemic, so like, is it even possible to have that balance? I mean we kind of have, we kind of are in survival mode or, or what, you know, what do we do to, to make sure we, we keep our job or people are worried about keeping their job or, yeah. um, or they're trying to be proactive, you know, how do they maintain that balance in this really crazy season that we find ourselves in? Yeah. So um, I think, I think there's a gift in all of, all of the <laughs> madness that is uh, COVID-19. Yeah. And, and I think there's a gift of time that's been given to us. Um, the, the craziness, the busyness, the gotta be there, gotta go there. The, the, as a parent, you're running kids to different practices, different school Mm -hmm. events. Um, and you're, you're balancing this crazy schedule. Well, that, that's all been shut down, Mm. right? Um, Nobody's going anywhere. Yeah. And so you have this gift of, of time. Mm -hmm. And, and I think the balance comes from, um, okay, I've got some room to breathe. Yeah. I've got some time. How am I going to invest that time wisely? So, yeah. so there's a scramble to if you don't work remote, like you and I both work remote. So yeah. it's, it's a little bit business as usual for us. But but there are a lot of businesses, there are a lot of professionals um, out there that are scrambling to get remote. Yeah. And so so um, as they get remote, they're finding that hey, you know, I'm not commuting an hour to work and an hour home every day. So I've just gained two hours in my day. Yeah. You know? I'm getting up and, and, um, um, I'm at work. Yeah. So, so it's, um, I think it's, it's seeing the opportunities Mm -hmm. and and being intentional with those opportunities in this season that, that you can, um, I've I've got two hours back. So how can, how can I pour into myself and fill myself up in this Mm -hmm. this uncertainty? There's this time of uncertainty. So how do I, how do I, put my mind at ease and, 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 and really use that time. And so that's time that maybe I wasn't spending with my family that now I have that time to spend with my family. Yeah. That time to get centered. Um, mm-hmm. 
with myself because I'm leading a family. So I, 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 I need to be on point and I need to, I need to make sure that I'm getting enough rest. I'm, I'm, I'm pouring into myself enough so that I can pour into others. Yeah. And, uh, and then, and then, you know, balancing out the work and everything else. So, yeah. So, well, so you mentioned the idea of, you know, filling yourself up so you can pour out um, on others and, and, uh, and Andy Stanley, you know, he often says the idea of, you know, it's our, it's not our responsibility that someone receives what we give, but it's our responsibility to empty ourselves each day. So when you think about as being a leader, uh, what does it look like for you to help others maintain that balance, to live better, to work smarter? Yeah, that's it. So that, that's a great, um, so I think, um, for me, leading by example is a big thing. And I think yeah. that there are, there are three types of leaders that I tend to see. There, there are leaders that lead with controlling authority, mm -hmm. right? So they're, they're the, because I said so leaders, right? Yeah. <laughs> so don't authority ask versus influence, right? right. You know, leverage right. authority. Exactly. So, you, you know, it's, it's, it's a, it's a controlling issue. Don't question me. Don't ask why. Yeah. Just, um, but, but those leaders, they miss the teaching moments mm. and they miss the relationship, right? Yeah. So, so they might get stuff done, right? But they, there's a cost to that getting by taking control, they're losing influence. Yeah. Or they, they never had it. Right. Mm -hmm. And mm -hmm. so, so, and then, um, then the, the second kind of leader that I see a lot of the time are the, they're what I call a compromising leader. So okay. they're the do as I say, not as I do. That's mm. right. Hypocritical. So, <laughs> yeah. So they, they, they know what's best for you, but they don't heed to their own advice. And but is it, I mean, to some degree, aren't are we, we're all kind of falling to both of those at some degree. Absolutely. Um, but that second one, um, how, how do you reconcile, you know, as a leader, you may not be perfect in that regard but right. you also have a standard. So how do you reconcile your example with, with uh, standards and expectations? Yeah, so um, I think it, it's about being authentic, right? And mm -hmm. it's about being honest with yourself. Mm -hmm. And so to your point, we're, we're all, all three of those kinds of leaders, right? So yeah. um, I don't wanna be the do as I say, not as I do. I don't, yeah. because they're not firm in their convictions and they waver. Yeah, and I don't, I don't want to be the leader that's hey because I said so because mm -hmm. I want I want I want a relationship and I want to have teaching moments and I I'm I'm big about you know with my sons some of my biggest teaching moments were them were like we were taking a road trip and we're just sitting you know side by side in a car and just yeah. having conversations and those are those are the moments where you have an impact and and I think of myself growing up you know the biggest moments that had an impact for me with me were when my dad or my grandfather were taking me fishing and yeah. it wasn't like sitting, sitting down, having a big conversation with me. It's just talking while, you know, mm -hmm. and the Bible talks about that too, right? You know, talk to your children while you're walking by the way, yeah. and teach and that's when you talk. And so that's where that last type of leader, um, that's, that's the influential leader. He's, he's the one that has influence and, um, and, and they earn it over time. Yeah. In you want to follow their, their lead yeah you um, want to follow them because you believe in them and you believe that they care about you yeah so, so I, that's the type of leader we all strive to be and to your point we're all three yeah <laughs> yeah times, right right just in mean, different degrees right you get exhausted kids are running around crazy you're like just because i said so yeah and, and um but but being self-aware and being authentic lets us know that um okay 
uh, I'm I'm falling short as a leader, and and we're not we're never going to do this perfectly, right? Yeah. But and but, and I do think to your point about authenticity, I think the idea of being humble, and it's one thing to 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 also to to live by example and to fail, but to be um, humble in that and and say, hey, you know, I dropped the ball, or you know, I am I am failing. But it's another thing to then condemn other people for not doing the very thing that I'm not doing, right? right. Yeah, exactly, exactly. So, you know, I think Steve Jobs, he, he, he had a quote that was really good that, that always jumped out at me. And he said, um, management's about persuading people to do things they don't want to do, while leadership is about inspiring people to do the things they never thought they could. Yeah. So, so that that's very similar to what I'm talking about, inspirational mm -hmm. leadership. Yeah. I don't so, yeah, so that's a good, you know, good quote to kind of encapsulate this next question and, and the idea of we're in this crisis. Um, many people that are team members or followers, um, they're not sure what's happening. There's uncertainty, there's fear. Um, you know, that authority leader sounds kind of good in this season of crisis. So, so tell me how, how you tap into the influence over the authority when when it seems like uh, one might be better for the situation. Sure. So, um, well, I think there's a couple of things. We, we do this by our actions, right? Yeah. Plain and simple. Um, it's not about perfection. It, it's about being authentic. I think it's okay to say, hey, I, I'm, I'm not sure what the right thing is to do here, but, but let's, let's, let's be cautious, let's be wise, and let's be prepared. And, and part of being prepared as a leader is 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 ha having a having a plan and so so i talk in my my, my first three podcasts are our mission vision and values right mm -hmm. so yeah. a mission a mission is 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 the wow right it's the it's the goal it's the dream yeah um the vision is the how that's the plan and so i think that's how we we lead in this season is you have to have a plan of how i'm going to lead and, and my plan isn't determined by my circumstances or what's going on in the world. This is just how I lead, whether things are going well or things are going poorly. This is, these are the things I do. These are the things I don't do. And I think that's where leaders waver. And that's where we kind of fall into that compromising leader category is if we don't have a plan that, Hey, you know, something as simple as, Hey, I, I don't lie because, yeah. because I don't lie. And so just because there's a pandemic going on, doesn't mean it's okay for me to lie in this season. Mm -hmm. I don't yeah. do it. So I'm gonna I'm gonna maintain my values regardless of what the circumstances are. Yeah, and so it's about establishing those values too, right? Like it's it's never good, you know. You think about when you're in high school and you're dating a girl and stuff. Okay, well, well, when things are getting hot and heavy in the backseat of the car, <laughs> that's not the time to develop your plan for purity. <laughs> yeah, yeah, because it, it's not gonna work. Yeah, you got to figure out those things before it gets crazy. And right. and and I think to that point. Um, it's it is going to be hard to do that in the middle of, of a tough situation and right. and in fact the tough situation the storm if you will that we're facing is more of a revealer of what those values are or have been cultivated before this has actually started yeah yeah and you, you see it in leadership you see some that that are doing a really great job and and you're seeing our communities come together and you're seeing people come together and then you, you're seeing leaders that that want to play the blame game and they want to you know and and it really doesn't matter where the pandemic came from or how it was caused. It's here and we need to deal yeah, with it. Yeah, it's reality. It's, it's reality. So, so, you know, I mean, I, there's a level, I guess, of importance to that, but, mm -hmm. but we're in the midst of it right now. So we need to deal with it and figure it out. And, 
Yeah. So how, how would you go about um, guiding or teaching someone, um, you know, in this at all, in any situation, I mean, you're, you're obviously participating in the leadership development group that I'm doing. What are, what are some other ways that you're, um, as an example, pouring into people? Yep. So, um, again, it's by example. And, and for me, it's talking, um, it's talking as I'm doing things and, and kind of explaining the why, um, yeah. you know, with my kids, I'm explaining the why, um, behind, Hey, Hey, we don't go to the store every day right now. Mm-hmm. Um, we go once every two weeks or once every three weeks. And, uh, you know, I'm trying to stock up and it's not because it's not fear driven, but it's, it's protection driven. I, I want to protect you guys. And I also want to protect these, these other people that might be at the store because you, you don't know, you could be carrying this virus and you don't know it. You're, yeah. you're, not, you're not showing any symptoms or anything. And so, so the best thing for us to do is to be prepared, make as few trips out as, as we can. And, yeah. um, and you know, we're not, we're, we're living a little more organized these days and it's, yeah. less, it's less, you know, what do I feel like for dinner and more or less. Yeah. More yeah. Like, Which is more, interesting because in, in a crisis, we, we have a tendency to get more focused. Yep. And yeah. so, so I think it, to your point, heightened focus, um, living an example, but taking the opportunity to explain how we're going to, this is how we're going to do it. And this is why we're going to do it this way. Yeah. yeah. And I think that, that uh, I know I'm seeing that with my family, there's a, there's a level of peace and there's a level of comfort and a building influence. And, uh, and, and I'm, I'm remarried now. I've been yeah. remarried for a couple of years. So I'm, I'm blending a family. So I'm a stepdad, right. Which is kind of like a substitute teacher. <laughs> yeah. So, but, but I'm building, you know, I have two stepchildren that are living in the house and, and, it's a little unnerving. It's a little unsettling what's going on. And so, so I, I, I see the opportunity to, to build value as a leader with them, to build trust, to build influence with them that, Hey, you know, Duff's got, okay, Duff's got our best interests at heart and, and he's taking wise steps and he's being prepared. Yeah. Or they could be saying other things, right? Yeah. It's all, it's all based on what I'm exampling. Mm-hmm. So. Yeah, definitely. And, and so, um, I guess also in in addition to talking and and leading by example, another way to to be there for others is simply to listen and be present with them. Yeah. Also on here. Yeah, that's exactly right. Yep. Yep. So um, I I think, and (laughs) it's so funny you mentioned that, right? Because I'm always, and and it's a personality thing. And so, so you, you tend to, you tend to love on people the way that you like to receive love. And so I'm all about serving. Yeah. And protecting, but you're absolutely right. There are those moments, and and thankfully, I have a wife that uh, is really great about kind of uh, giving me a gentle nudge that hey, hey, it, it's great that you're a fixer and that you want to do things, but we really just need you to sit and listen right now. Yeah, yeah, and, and be with us present in the moment. So absolutely. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Thanks for the reminder. I'm gonna yeah, yeah. <laughs> so so let's shift to to stories. Um, let's get kind of into the, some of the specific stories and systems, but let's start with stories and, and both you and I, we connect a lot in terms of movies and, and feeling like how God speaks to us through, through stories. And, uh, so tell me about, you know, what are some, some stories, some experiences, some, um, that you've heard or witnessed or been a part of that resonated with you and, and how they've affected you? Yeah. So, uh, you know, you're God, God totally speaks to me and gives me nudges through, through movies through music. Um, and uh, our friend Stephen has this great thing. He says, um, he says, pay attention 
when you hear the same message in multiple places, because that's a, that's a nudge from God. Yeah. And so, um, for me, one of those, one of those nudges, um, and I call it the Batman theory, but it came, it came to me through, through that, that Dark Knight trilogy with Chris Nolan Yeah, was um, a thing I experienced in my younger years working in my family business with my dad. He was, my dad's only 21 years older than me. Okay. And so he, he was a young man, you know, when I'm in my twenties, he's, he's in his early forties. He's a young man. Yeah. And we used to lock horns all the time because I was always trying to prove myself to him mm-hmm. and make him proud of me. At the and he was very time. set in his ways, I suppose. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> but, but also, I think he was trying to make me proud of him because he was he, the business was relatively new in those days. And so he, oh, okay, yeah. he was trying to, I think he was trying to build value and influence, really, where he was like, I, you know, you can trust me with this. You can. So we would, we would lock horns a lot of the time. Mm. And then years later, um, well, a couple of other places that that came from was um i had an uncle that was a missionary for otan and he he described himself as being the man behind the man because he wasn't really on the front line speaking but he was handling the back end of the business Mm. that kind of resonated in me too uh, what's it look like to be the man behind the man yeah so then lastly when when chris nolan releases the dark knight trilogy there's all this emphasis in that movie around the people that Bruce Wayne surrounds himself with, mm-hmm. whether it's Lucius Fox or Alfred, mm-hmm. Alfred Butler. And that really equip him and help him and enable him and, and, and held, him, held him accountable, but had influence with him. Right? Yeah. So, so I kind of came up with this Batman theory out of it where yeah. everybody, everybody wants to be Batman because he's yeah. the hero and he's getting all the, he's getting the action and, and he's doing these great, amazing things. Yeah. But uh, I, I think there, there's a season where you're Batman, yeah. then there's a season where you step back and, and you have to be Alfred. Yeah. Alfred has influence. Mm-hmm. Right? He has influence with Batman that nobody else has mm-hmm. because he, he's the one that's kind of making sure he's yeah. on task with the mission. Yeah. And he's and, not too far. And so, yeah. So well, that, and it, yeah. And in the, in the movies, you know, he's, he's influencing him and there's kind of these key moments. And, but one of the ones that sticks out too, I think in the, in the third movie, is he leaves. Yeah, he leaves, um, and that's he, he felt like Batman had gone too far, and that was his only that was his way of, of influencing him in that situation, right? Yeah, exactly, exactly. Yeah. And so um, that's kind of you know in my season now I'm I'm 47, my sons are 23 and 21, and so I'm I'm in the season where I'm looking for the opportunities to embrace my Alfred and yeah. influence with my sons and allow them to be the hero. Yeah, and, but but be that influence behind the scenes. And, yeah, but that transition from hero to supporting cast, uh, that as, and I don't know if for men it's harder than women, but it seems like that might be the case. Um, how, do, how, do you, how do you make that transition? With, with, I mean, obviously that's a humbling process, right? To go, I'm not the, I'm not the man anymore, you know? <laughs> but yeah. tell me more about that. Well, for me, it's, it's a little bit about, um, in, it, it's a little bit about enjoying the investment that I've made um, in my sons and, and pouring into them all these years and, and leading them and being, being that hero early on and, and now allowing them to step back and actually, actually put into practice the things I've been talking to them about and teaching them about. Yeah. And also, um, you know, um, giving, them, giving them encouragement that, hey, I believe in you. Um, you've got what it takes. Yeah, I'm going to step back and I'm going to let you lead and I'm here. I'm here with you, but you got this. 
And mm-hmm. so, so I think that's a big, that's a big moment in a young man's life that a lot of fathers miss out on. Mm-hmm. I, you know, and, and I think for women, uh, a big opportunity a lot of women miss out on is when their sons become <clears throat> young men and choose wives. Mm-hmm. And, and I think moms, there's always this, there's always this struggle of, um, I'm not, I'm not the first lady in my son's life anymore. And, and so they tend to send a message to their daughter-in-laws that you're not exactly what I, what I had in mind for my son. A lot of the time there's all this strife between daughters mm. and moms. And so I think, um, I think you have to pay attention to the different seasons and what, what your role is and what yeah. your responsibility is. Yeah. And so, so I'm, I'm preparing for that season of, you know, my, my oldest is getting married in the fall. And so how do I make his wife understand that she's exactly what I would want my son mm-hmm. to choose? And I'm so thankful he did. And, and, and it's also an opportunity for, for you and, your, you know, for you to, to be a mentor as yeah. well. So they're not going to be a fully formed, a mature person at, at that age, but you can right. help be a part of moving them towards that. Yeah. How do I, how do I pour into their marriage and invest in it instead of being, instead of being a stumbling block? Yeah. Tearing it down. They're going to have enough of those. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I, I don't want to be that. So. Yeah. So, yeah. So let's, um, so the other, the other uh, kind of story that comes to my mind when you talk about the idea of, you know, the Alfred to the, to the Batman is, is, you know, uh, Lord of the Rings, right? So you got Sam and, and Frodo and, and Sam is helping, you know, Frodo along the way, but you also have a lot of other supporting casts that are all helping carry the, you know, make the ring, uh, the trip to the Mordor successful. And, and so that's a, that's another one that sticks out for me as well. Yeah. Yeah. Everybody has a part. And a yeah. Mm-hmm. Yep. So let's shift over to, to systems. Uh, we talked about stories. <clears throat> let's talk about systems. What does that mean to you? What does that word mean to you? How do you apply systems to your life, your work? Yeah. What systems do you use that are most helpful and worth sharing? Yeah. You know, uh, this question is interesting to me. So I, I, I kind of looked up the definition of a system, right? Yeah. So a system is a, a set of rules, an arrangement of things, or a group of related things that work towards a common goal. Okay. So um, in hearing that, I, I kind of find myself asking, what's my goal? Yeah. What's my mission? And, and then how am I going to achieve that? Mm-hmm. So, so my mission um, my mission is to bring value, purpose, and clear direction to people through servant leadership. That's mm-hmm. that's my personal mission. Yeah. So the system, the system that I use to deliver that mission is is I actually I wrote a creed. Okay. That that was based off of things that I was taught um, growing up, and and I, I've talked about this before, where um, the the idea of of in Christianity, the idea of salvation is, is, you know, you, you come to a realization that, that you're, you're a sinner. You, you can't, you can't do it on your own. Mm-hmm. And you come to the, to the realization that, okay, God sent his son to, to pay the debt of our sins. And, yeah. and if you accept him as your savior, then you, you're an adopted son. You're righteous, right? Mm-hmm. Righteous. Now, when, when, when you get saved, you don't, you don't really feel that somebody, some people may feel a little bit yeah. different, but, but I didn't feel like transformed. Mm-hmm. You know, I didn't have that. I, I was like, okay, well, I, I understand I need a savior. Yeah. And, and then, and then I continued on, but, 
but I matured into that, into that sal, into that salvation, into that righteousness. I've been maturing into that for yeah. 25 years probably now. And, and I'm continuing and I'm still, as I walk with God, as I study his word, as, as I do those things, I keep maturing into that. Yeah. That's yeah. something that was really modeled to me by my father, by my grandfather as well yeah. uh, in, in my identity as a, as a tucker. Um, and so I didn't know what it meant to be a tucker when I was a little boy. <laughs> and I didn't know what that represented, but, but over the course of 18, 20 years, I had, I had men, women, aunts and uncles that were all tuckers pouring into me and saying, Hey, this is what it means. This is what we do. This is what we stand for. I think Christianity is that same, that same thing, right? The Bible is teaching us, this is what we do. This is who we are. This is what we stand for. Yeah. When you fall short, you fall away. You go back to that and, and, and you have people around you going, no, that's not what we do. This is what we stand for. So it's not about doing it perfectly. It's about maturing yeah. into it. Mm-hmm. And so, so uh, developing a creed was really having, those, having that system, yeah. those guidelines in place that, that are holding me and reminding me yeah. uh, what I stand for and what I believe in. So that when I, when I get off the path, when I get off course, yeah. I can go back to those and go, oh, I'm off track. I need to get mm-hmm. on track. Yeah. Um, so I, I developed my system, my creed, in yeah. just four pillars, right? So yeah. strength, steadfast, selfless, and, and fearless integrity. Mm. And, and then I defined what each of those were. Yeah. And that's kind of how I go. That's, that's, that's mm-hmm. how I go about it. Yeah. And so how does that apply? You know, how, how do you apply? You, you kind of explain how you apply that to yourself. How yep. does that apply as you lead your family? How does that system apply in your work? Sure. So I, I, I think it, it, it resonates like I apply it to myself and the way I carry myself. Yeah. The way I carry myself is how I'm exampling it to my family. But it, 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 goes, all, it goes all the way across the gambit because I, I don't only really apply it to just my own personal decisions, but decisions I'm making as a family. Yeah. Decisions I make at work. Yeah. Um, you know, the, the guidelines that I set when I'm traveling for, mm-hmm. for business. Um, the the so it just kind of it goes across the whole gambit and then then it 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 applies to other systems that you might use to create efficiencies other other things you you might use you know whether it's a a a recharge i recharge with solitude and i watch tv um but but my creed might delegate what i watch and what i don't watch yeah Uh, same thing with, with raising kids and, and disciplining. And, mm-hmm. and you know, we, I, I, I try to talk a lot to my kids about the difference between punishment and discipline. Yeah. Discipline is something you do when somebody you love, with somebody you love that you're, you're pouring into and investing. And a punishment's kind of like, it, it's colder, right? Yeah. So, um, so calculated, <laughs> calculated, right? Yeah. And, and, and there, you're not, you're not really with a punishment. You're not really, trying to pour into anybody, teach mm-hmm. anybody or invest. You're just trying to stop. Yeah. It's that authority versus influence. Exactly. Yeah. And so, so my creed kind of delegates that as well. You know, how am I correcting my, my children? How am I teaching my children? How am I, how am I encouraging them? Mm-hmm. That drives that. Um, and, and that drives it in that direction of disciplining and investing and, yeah. and talking yeah. versus punishing. Yeah. So um, how, how is that system helping you in this crisis? that were great question. So it, it's, it's established and it's set in place. Right. And mm-hmm. so, so for example, my definition of strength is that you are made a strong man for a purpose. 
Mm -hmm. Strength is for protection. You use it to protect those you love and those who can't protect themselves. Yeah. Those, those in your care find safety in your strength. Never fear or intimidation. All right. So, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm a pretty, pretty big guy. Um, I could be intimidating to people. I could be, I could, I could be using my strength in a wrong way in this time. And, and I could be, you know, um, really be the Lord of the toilet paper in this. <laughs> yeah. If I wanted to no, um, but, but how am I using my strength in, in this season? Am I using it to make people feel protected or am I using it to intimidate people mm -hmm. in this season? Am I being steadfast? Right. Is, is God my anchor in this season? Or, yeah. And, and, you know, my trust in God, is that making me an anchor to the people I lead? Or am I like, Hey, you know, the sky's falling, the sky's falling and running around and, and just being, being afraid. Or am I just going to be steadfast and, and stay yeah. the course and keep doing the same things? Um, am I being selfless? So am I thinking about just what my, my needs are and what, and what, um, what's best for me in the season? Or am I, am I thinking about what's best for everyone? In this yeah. season. how can i how can i help others in this season um, yeah yeah so i'm hearing from you is it's it's a really a helpful set of filters to see yourself and to do sort of um, audit yourself and then also for others to hold you accountable to go hey exactly that this this isn't working you know this you're not doing this particular value you're living out this particular value yeah and if and if i'm doing this um, am i influencing people that like, hey, I want, I want to, I want to be, I, I want to be strong like that. I want to be steadfast like that. I want to, you know, am I encouraging others to to example these same characteristics? And I think you're seeing this a lot right right now uh, with people. You're seeing people that are, that that are using filters like this, and they're inspiring others. I mean, you think of our healthcare workers, and you mm -hmm. think of, you know, everybody that that people who work at the grocery store. They're they're on the front lines too. Um, yeah, not as severe as healthcare workers, obviously, but. But th those folks are, they're, they're steadfast. Yeah. Stay in the course. This is what I do. I heal people. Yeah. Am I scared? Yep. But, but I heal, I heal people. That's what I do. Yeah. So, so what, what would you tell to someone who, who doesn't have that system that wants that groundedness? Where, where would you tell them to start? Yeah. Um, so I, I think it's, a, it's, it's kind of a discussion and, and um, you know, it's something I say to my kids a lot. Um, I, was, I have teenagers and so we've had many discussions that, that revolve around honesty and getting honest. And, and there are many times I've stopped discussions where I'm like, hey, if, if you're not gonna be honest with me and you're not gonna be honest with yourself about this situation, we're, we're spinning our wheels. So let's, let's take a break and walk away and we'll come back and, and, and we'll talk about it again. But, but in order for this relationship to work, we have to be honest with each other. We have to be honest with ourselves. And, and so I think that's where it always starts is, is you have to get honest with yourself because um, nobody can lie to you better than you can. <laughs> yeah, self-deception. So, so until you can get honest with yourself and, and be real about, okay, these are my shortcomings. These are the things I don't really like about myself. And these are the things that I do like about myself. And these are the, these are the things that, that I want to want to be. Yeah. Um, that's how it starts. Right. And then you start developing it. And it doesn't happen overnight. It's, it's, it's practicing. It's like running a marathon, right? You, you don't wake up and run 26.2 miles yeah. in one day. You start by running one mile. You start by running three miles. Mm -hmm. and you build. And yeah, so, start small and, and build from it. Right. Yep. And so I think that's the, the, the lie is that, that hey, I'm, I'm going to set this up. And then when I fall short, I have to throw it away because, 
because I failed and, and it didn't work. Yeah. Uh, it's about getting back up and getting back on the horse and, and, and continuing forward. You might, you're going to fall along the way. Yeah. Yeah. So let's, uh, let's move on to the, the, the last section of this, this interview and, and it's kind of super relevant to, to the situation we're facing. So, you know, life can be unfair. It can be challenging. There are contrasting moments of joy and prosperity with tragedy and <laughs> sadness. So as people traverse this journey we call life, uh, what words of wisdom would you want to share with, with our listeners? Yeah. And watchers. Um, you know, prepare for the storm. Obviously we're in a storm right now, but it's still, it's still not too late to prepare for the storm. Mm -hmm. The um, one that's yet to, the part of it that's yet to come. The part of it that's yet to come. That's right. Yeah. And uh, um, so prepare for the storm. Don't wait till you're in it. Um, establish your principles to live by and stay the course. Mm -hmm. um, and again, you know, I'm a big believer that action shouldn't be driven by emotions or circumstances, yeah. but, but by what is right. Mm -hmm. And easy or hard should have nothing to do with it. It's just yeah. this is what I do. Whether it's easy or it's hard, that's what this is where I'm yeah. going. Yeah. Um, I, I'm, I'm a big fan of being intentional with your yeah. actions. Be, be very thoughtful and be purposeful with your life. Yeah. Um, you know, I think mission, mission, mission's the wow, vision's the how, values are the guidelines for achieving, right? Yeah. Mm -hmm. And um, lastly, I think. Ask yourself, you know, who's your market? Who, who are the people you want to reach? Mm -hmm. What's the message that you want to share with those people? Yeah. And what's the media that you're going to use to share those messages? And, mm -hmm. and that, can be, that can be used. Those three questions can be used in business, in personal life, and relationships. Um, you know, I think those are great m messages. And, and a heart of gratitude. Yeah. There's, there's still a lot to be grateful for. Yeah. And so what is what is... How does one embrace that, that, that heart of gratitude? Um, you know, I, for me, like I, I married my wife, Hannah, is a, she was a single mom for nine years. Yeah. Right? So for me, a heart of gratitude is I am so thankful that we're married and that she and the children are here with me mm -hmm. season. And I have yeah. the opportunity to be, to be a part of going through this with them. Um, the thought of her trying to maneuver through this storm by herself yeah with with kids and trying to work and lead kids and do that by herself is that that's scary that's a scary thought to me so i'm very yeah. grateful that that god had brought us together and then i have the opportunity to be here with yeah with, yeah with yeah and 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 to be grateful that do we do yeah we are sheltering in place but um, yeah we can do it pretty cozily you know it's pretty, yeah you know <laughs> it, it's it's so funny because you know world war ii the, the, the cry was, you know, the only thing we have to do for evil to succeed is nothing. Yeah. And our, <laughs> our war cry is like flipped on its head. In order to succeed, we have to do nothing. <laughs> yeah. So, yeah. Yeah. So now, you know, you mentioned that, that you were divorced several years back and, and that was a difficult season for you. So what if you're speaking to someone that is not, they're in the middle of that and now this crisis has just hit? Yeah. Yeah. what's your words of uh, wisdom or encouragement to them? Yep. I, uh, you know, when I was in the midst of, of my season, it's a very, very low, lonely season. Um, mm -hmm. You feel alone and you feel, uh, you feel pretty beat up. Yeah. And uh, in that season, um, I really leaned into God and I leaned into my faith and 
And God really said to me in that season, hey, you're not alone. I'm here with you. And, and, and I feel the same pain that you feel from your divorce as well. Yeah. A marriage is, is a, a, it's really a union where it's a husband and a wife working towards that relationship with God. And so when one party leaves, they're not just leaving the husband or the wife, but they're leaving God too. Yeah. And so um, that, that really helped me to lean into that. And so that would be my encouragement um, is to lean into your heavenly father because mm-hmm. he lives outside of time and he, uh, he sees a thousand years down the road, right? So he mm-hmm. saw this before it was coming and he sees what, what's coming out of it down the road. Yeah. And, um, I, I lean into your heavenly father in the season. He's, he's with you and he, and he loves you and he cares about you. Yeah. And, and he won't leave you. Yeah. Cool. So is there anything else that you wanted to share that we haven't yet covered or didn't get a chance to, to, to talk about? Yeah, I think we covered, uh, I think we covered everything pretty good. <laughs> All right. great. Yeah. Yeah. Well, thank you for sharing your insights. Um, you know, what, uh, how can people connect with you? How can they access your podcast? How do they get, you know, what, what, what do you got out there that, um, in terms yeah, of so uh, winning at manhood uh, okay. is, is my podcast. It's winning at symbol manhood, and it's available on anywhere where podcasts are available. Okay. Um, my my blog site's winning at manhood dot blog, and that's okay. actually winning at manhood dot blog. Okay, great. Uh, Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, you can find me. All right. And so yeah, give it a listen. I love your feedback. Yeah, sounds good. I'll definitely make sure to link it in the in the blog notes or the, the interview notes um, when I post it on my blog. Um, and uh, anything else? Any, any final thoughts? Uh, just uh, thanks so much for what you do, Jason. I really appreciate you um, and, and everything that you do to pour into people. Yeah, I appreciate it. Thank you for, uh, for joining me and for sharing your words of wisdom, insights, and inspiration. All right. It's good to see you again. For additional stories and systems to live better and work smarter, visit jasonscottmontoya.com. Thank you for joining us today, and we'll see you on the next episode of Grow Your Life.